0: wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm Minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church here in the beautiful uh, city of Adelaide. Uh, I'm also your drive time host every Tuesday and uh, and Wednesday. Uh, it's really wonderful uh, to be able to share with you once again. Uh, you know, normally here in Adelaide it is absolutely uh, beautiful, but uh, today it is actually cold. It's uh, uh, it's wet. It's unpleasant. It's uh, not a nice day to be outside today. Uh, now, look, folks, if you've got a positive thought or a comment uh, on one of the issues that we're discussing, or perhaps you'd just like to say hello. You can do that by texting us, uh, on 04888-80811. Now that number again is 04888-80811. We'd love, uh, to get your feedback, your thoughts, uh, any, any comments that, uh, that you may, uh, may have. Uh, now look, uh, this week, uh, we're actually following the theme. How "'Good was God when he created hell.'" Now this is a really interesting uh, uh subject. Uh this has really got uh a number of people uh, really uh, quite quite excited. Uh, uh really appreciate the number of books that we've been able to uh able to share today. Uh now um look today we're actually going to be asking uh, two questions. Now uh, the first one is uh where did the belief of an eternally burning hell where did that belief come from? Uh, and also, does hell burn forever now uh this is a really significant issue you know there have been so many people who have uh become quite discouraged because the god who they thought was a god of love uh, they struggle to see the god of love uh when the teaching of hell uh as it's traditionally taught is presented we're going to dig into this today uh there's some fantastic answers and yes they all come uh from the Word of God. Uh, Now today our co-host is live actually from Albany today in uh, West Oz, and that's uh, Pastor Don Felberg. Now uh, Don recently retired as the uh, uh, Aboriginal Western District Regional Leader. Now welcome again to you Don. Thank you Pastor
1: Gary. I'm actually in Alb- in Alb- in Albany I nearly got mixed up myself between Albany and Albury but I'm in
0: Albany you can you can tell when you're speaking to a person who's lived their entire life on the East Coast or here in uh, here in Adelaide uh, Western Australia is one of the few places I've never actually lived yes yes well
1: it's a lovely place I, there's 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 hope that you might spend some time over here yes Pastor Gary. Actually,
0: actually, the very moment I retire, I'm heading over there because I want to do some touring over over there, and I'm thinking particularly, uh, you know, after all this rain, there's going to have to be a wonderful uh, wildflower season over that uh, that part of the world. Yes. And, uh, We're I'm, hoping so. You're hoping so? Yeah. Yes, and,
1: and when you come, we'll, we'll give you all the tips for all the special places to go
0: yeah well, I know I certainly want I did do one visit over there once upon a time when I came across to Mamarafa actually uh, the uh, uh, you know, the Bible college that you know so well there and uh, I, yes. me- I remember going to uh, uh, queen 's Park I think it is in uh, in Perth. What a beautiful place that uh, that really is it was probably king 's Park Pastor Gary it was probably king 's Park. goodness <laughs> me, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> when you're ta- we actually I think we have got a Queen's Park, but it's uh,
1: more likely you went to King's Park. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah dear me, dear me, you're starting to uh, to certainly show me up at the present time. tell me what's, what's Perth <laughs> like at the present time Don?
1: Well, um, it's we've had some rain earlier in the week. We've had a couple of days of nice sunshine, even down here at Albany, where it's usually quite cold. It's a beautiful twenty-one today and quite pleasant. But the rain is coming tomorrow.
0: They tell us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite amazing, actually. Of course, our weather comes directly from uh, uh, from West Oz, and we sent our weather over to uh, uh, to Melbourne and uh, and Sydney. Uh, and certainly, at the present time, uh, it certainly uh, has been an unusual winter uh, in uh, yeah. uh, in many in many many respects. But Don, look, let's yeah. come to our um, world. Um, uh, our world. Religion. Religion news uh, uh, report because uh, one of the things we do try to do is to stay in touch with some of the things which are occurring uh, in the religious world and in the uh, world generally that impact on uh, religious uh, belief and practice. Now uh, to me one of the uh, uh, one of the um, Magazines that I particularly appreciate is uh, Premier Christian News, which uh, actually comes out of the uh, UK, and uh, this shares uh, information that uh, uh, on on the church uh, over in uh, in England, Scotland, and uh, and Wales. And uh, just recently, they've actually been going through a very. Big debate over there on this whole issue of uh, particularly gambling, and uh, I picked up an article that uh, was talking about the uh, the challenges uh, that are being faced currently by people. This is in the UK, but of course the the challenges which they're facing in the UK are not all that dissimilar uh, to the challenges that we face here in uh, in Oz. Uh, and the article was entitled "We need to pray for justice for the vulnerable," as a report shows. People in most. Uh, Deprived areas are twice as likely to participate in online gambling. Uh, people from most deprived areas of Britain are twice as likely, the article says, uh, to participate in online gambling. The report for the charity Gamble Aware uh, says uh, those players are also more likely to suffer heavy losses. And then this came something that really jumped out at me. Uh, it found that the top 10% of active accounts resulted in 79% of the industry's revenue. So 10% of the accounts are responsible for 79% of all the revenue that comes into uh, into the gambling companies. Uh, what we're seeing uh, with this most recent report is people making big losses uh, on things like online bingo, um and online casinos, uh, Giles, who was being interviewed, uh, said people need to recognise that uh, gambling addiction is something that, uh, which isn't isolated to a certain cohort of society. It affects people from all financial backgrounds. He said uh, you have multimillionaires, you have millionaire sports people losing money like footballers who've gambled away their entire savings uh, because they've been ravaged by gambling addiction. Giles also said we need to be praying uh, for people who need help, vulnerable uh, problem gamblers who are not getting the help they need, who are at the mercy of a predatory industry which is driven by uh, greed. Now, I, f- I found that article uh, particularly uh, uh, significant because, of course, the, the problems in the uh, uh, in the gambling field are not just restricted to the UK or the US, they're certainly over here as well. Now, the thing I'm conscious of, um, Don, is that you know traditionally churches have, have really been, uh, I suppose, opposed to the uh, gambling culture of the uh, contemporary world. I'm just wondering, do you have any sort of, you know, why was that? Because you know, in more recent times, um, churches churches seem to say very little about this whole issue of on, well, of gaming generally. Now, you know, is this something, do you think, that the churches ought to be saying something about? I mean, is it okay for church people uh, to become involved in the whole gambling culture?
1: Well, Gary, it's a good question, and I, I definitely think that the churches should be standing up against this gambling culture. You see, the Bible outlines the fact that selfishness and covetousness are big problems for human beings.
2: Yeah.
1: And because selfishness and covetousness cause cause so many problems, God has set some things in place to help us Mm -hmm. and to warn us. And uh, I look at a few of the things in the Bible. For example, right in the Ten Commandments itself, God said in Exodus 20 and verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so there seems to be this um, foundational principle of of not coveting or having this uh, desire for that which you haven't got uh, with the intent that you're, go- you're going to try to get it. It's all right to say, I like what my neighbour's got, I like his car, but if you say, I like his car and I'm going to get it, well, then that leads to all sorts of problems.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, don't and, and... Go on, Sorry.
1: Oh, I was just going to say and Jesus said in Luke 12 and verse 15 he said to them he said to the people of his day take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses mm. and there seems to be a, a craze today to to get what we haven't got and, um, and to get it quickly and to get it by any means Mm. and uh that
0: brings problems uh with it tell me don have you you know in in your experience i mean have you uh seen uh any of the the problems uh that really uh have uh, have come to the surface because people have become involved in this you know in the whole gambling culture i mean uh what takes place i mean out there
1: yes well i think um I think people get caught up in it, then they lose money because they, they go, they think, well, I've got this bit of money. If only I could go gambling, I'll get so much more money and I'll get it quick and I'll get it without a lot of effort. Yeah. So they, they get into the, into the gambling thing and then they think, oh, I haven't won anything, but I'll, I'll put another $50 on because that'll probably, by that time, I'll, I'll get, you know, a big amount. and I'll win a lot of money, you know, and uh, then they get to the stage where I'll put my last 50 on because I I might get it and then I'll have food for the kids and I'll be able to buy toys and I'll be able to buy buy a car and all everything else. And sadly, often the kids go hungry at the end of the day because they walk away not having um, got anything. I remember years ago a, a, a... it's a sad story. A former pastor rang me up from the Birdwood Casino, the big casino in Perth, mm. and he said, um, "He said I'm here at the casino. He said I've I've lost everything I've got. He, I forget what he came with. I think it might have been twenty thousand dollars, and he would lost that whole twenty thousand, and he didn't have anything. And here he's ringing me up saying." Please, could you, could you, could you give me $2,000? Could you lend me $2,000? He said, I've, I've lost all this money. I can't walk out of this place without getting anything. Mm. And I said to him, Look, I, even if I had that money, I haven't got $2,000 that I can give you, but even if I did have it, I, won't, I wouldn't give it to you. But I said, I'll come and visit you. Yeah. And so I went in and saw this fellow, and it was a very sad situation to see this fellow in the state that he was in.
2: Yeah.
1: But it's, it illustrates that craving where if only I can put a bit more on, I'll get it, you know? Yeah. And then they are losing more and more and getting deeper and deeper into trouble.
0: Yeah, and Donat-
1: Gary, I yeah, you go ahead. No, go on. Oh, I was just going to say I... I had another experience over here in the West. I went to uh, one of our churches one night to pick up some things. It was about 9 o'clock at night. And as I went to the church door, I noticed something on the doormat. And I realized it was a man all wrapped up on the doormat Mm. with a blanket around him and plastic bags over his feet and so on. And I said, what's happening, you know? Oh, he said, I'm I'm sorry, I I won't make a mess or anything. He said, I'm um I'm just staying here the night. I've got nowhere to stay, you know? Mm. And uh, I thought, "Wow, oh, this is a sad situation. He he was an older man mm. and um anyway I said to him, You better come home to my place. Oh no, I'll be all right, I'll be right, I said you better come home. I thought, I don't want this fella to die on the church doorstep. That, yeah. You know, yeah. that just wouldn't yeah. be right. So anyway, I took him home to our place and uh, he told me the story. He said, you know, he said, I I have a problem with gambling. And he said, I get my pension and I just gamble the whole thing, he said. and And my wife has become so sick of it that she's kicked me out. Mm. And he said, I've just been traveling around the country, sleeping on verandas or someplace wherever I can find it. He said, I got it. I had a big knife. I put that out underneath the tree out out in your churchyard, he said, because I didn't mm. want, you know, the police came and found me. I didn't want them to find me with a knife, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. but, but anyway, um, you know, he had a real problem with gambling and, uh, After a while, he went back. His wife accepted him to come back home again. But you know the sad thing, Pastor Gary? A few weeks later, there was a knock on the door, and there he was. He said, I've done it again. He said, and my wife's kicked me out again. Can I come and stay with you again?
0: Yeah, yeah, Don. I'm, I, I'm so I'm so conscious that some of these stories are just so sad. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah. I I know in my own ministry. I mean, I will remember one time I uh, I actually had a. Uh, um, a, a a lovely family and, uh, we were actually, uh, feeding the, uh, uh, the children because they were really struggling with, uh, with food. And, um, we'd actually done this, uh, two or three times and, um, church actually had a, had a policy in those days. In fact, I think it's still there with a lot of the helping agencies that, you know, you're happy to help, uh, two or three times, but then, um, after a, uh, uh two or three times, uh, you start to ask more questions Okay, you know, yes. let's have a look at your budget, you know, and uh, uh, we'll actually yes. often sit down and try to uh, look at a person's budget before we help them uh, again, because we want to know what's actually going on. And I know there's a lot of helping agencies that do uh, exactly that, uh, that same thing. Well, we did that with uh, this particular uh, individual. And um, uh, lo and behold, as we dug into it, what we realised was that, uh, yes, uh, uh, they were actually receiving, they were receiving a fair bit. Of uh, of government money, actually, uh, because they did have yeah. uh, three or four uh, uh, children, um, but uh, the money itself had actually been uh, been going into uh, to online uh, gambling, and uh, yeah. uh, you know the, the children themselves were going to school hungry uh, because mum and dad were were desperate to try to um, try to get get money uh through yes. uh through this uh, uh the gambling culture and so as I look at this I sort of say this is just incredibly sad and it's actually impacts so many uh so many people um it does it does Don, look. I'm conscious. We do have to ha- have to move on, but uh, you know that article to me just really said something to me about you know as uh, uh, as uh, as Christians, you know, we would have to be um, very conscious of the culture which we actually choose to adopt. Because I'm, you know, I, m- myself, I'm conscious that we are actually examples. You know, for example, to our children, you know, what we do, our children are actually going to pick up, and in all probability, they're going to do exactly the same thing and uh, great. Great. And, and, very as, and as I look at this I, I just simply say hey you know yes it's a problem over there in the UK and they're attempting to address it uh, it's certainly also a problem here in Oz and uh, uh, but as as churches this is something that uh, uh, you know traditionally we've said something about but in the day and age which we currently live very little is said on this particular yeah. subject um, but just we- p-
1: we, we still should be sounding the warning loud and clear.
0: Indeed, indeed. Don, thank
1: you so yeah, much Pastor for... Th- Gary. Pastor, Pastor Gary, can I read one further text on this? Please Hebrews do. 13 and verse 5 says, let your uh, conduct be without covetousness, that is, without desiring that which is not yours. And then it says, be content with such things as you have. Mm. I think that's good counsel for us.
0: Excellent counsel. Thank you so much for that, Don. Really appreciate it. Let's come to some music. This is uh, the Forbes family and uh, they're singing Pass Me Not, O Gentle Saviour. Was the Forbes family, and they were singing Pass Me Not Oh, General Savior. What a, what a beautiful words uh, those uh, those really are. What fantastic thoughts. Uh, now, folks, look, this week we do have a, uh, a giveaway uh, book for you. Uh, the giveaway book uh, is the book uh, Judgment and Hell. Uh, God uh, may be kinder uh, than you think. Uh, now, this is a really down-to-earth uh, book uh, that uh, that talks about uh, the entire subject of, of judgment and hell. This is the issue we've been dealing with uh, this week. You know, I'm just so conscious that there are people who have become in the Christian world incredibly discouraged uh, when they consider a God uh, who is going to both judge and burn for all eternity. Now, of course, that's not what the scriptures actually teach. We're going to dig into that uh, particular subject today. But look, if you would like this, uh, this free book, um, it's uh, certainly open to you. The book's entitled Judgment and Hell. God may be kinder uh, than, you, than you think. Now, uh, if you'd like that book, all you need to do is to text us uh, here at our our uh drive time uh, number it's oh four triple eight eight zero eight eleven that's 0488880811. And the code that you, uh, you need for this week is SA52. No gap between the SA and the 52, just SA52. And that will uh, trigger our robot. And, uh, he will, uh, he will contact you. We call him Faithful. And, uh, uh, Faithful will contact you and ask for some, uh, uh, for some information, uh, so that we can get this book to you in the fastest way, uh, way possible. So judgment and hell. God may be kind. Uh, than you think by Jim Air. Uh, just text us here 0438 066, uh 0438 um uh, uh, and that uh, that number uh, will uh, will trigger our um our uh, Faithful, our, our robot. Uh, now, folks, um, uh, you are listening to, uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big, and uh, QA with, uh, Pastor Gary. And today, our co-host is, uh, live from, uh, uh from, uh, West Oz is, uh, Pastor Don, uh, Don Felberg. And Don's recently retired as the, uh, Aboriginal Western District, uh, leader. Uh, now, folks, look, we did actually receive during that, uh, that break, we did actually get a, uh, uh, some feedback from one of our listeners. Really appreciated what uh, uh, what uh, one of our uh, what Margie actually actually said? Um, she uh, uh, she made the comment about we uh, you know we've been talking about about gambling there, and she said you know uh, one of the real challenges uh, is uh, uh, is the fact that it is incredibly cold at the moment, and uh, there are especially um, people who live rough. They sleep on the streets, especially outside. Um, homeless people, she says, I pray for them every night. And thank you for doing that, uh, Margie. Um, uh, where do these people sleep and keep warm it really worries me you know that's a really good question you know uh, to me i'm just really thankful for the work particularly uh of uh of organizations like the like the salvation army uh who do actually have uh centers in uh in most cities uh where people can actually find accommodation unfortunately it doesn't cover for everybody uh and there are certainly uh some uh, who certainly still struggle uh, with this issue of homelessness and... Uh uh, folks this is something that uh, uh, as a as a community um, certainly uh, we need to be far more aware uh, of this situation and thank you so much Margie for actually pointing it out to us it's, it's very true uh, the the, uh, the statement that you you make uh, and it is um, a need that uh, certainly as Christian people uh, we do need to be involved in uh, responding to those uh, to those needs and I'm so thankful that we there are organisations that do respond uh, to uh, to those particular needs. Now, you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary, and um, um, today we're looking at the theme, How Good Was God When He Created Hell? And today we're asking, where did the belief about an eternally burning hell, where did it come from? And also, does hell burn together now we've got online today pastor don fellberg and i've really appreciated uh, uh, over the years um the depth of uh don's uh presentations he he does a wonderful a wonderful job now i'm really conscious that um uh that uh certainly down through christian history uh this uh subject of uh Uh, of hellfire has certainly uh, frightened uh, more people than we can possibly count. Now, Don, um, just can you help us out here? I mean, where did this belief come from? And also, does hell burn forever? Um, You know, is this something that we should be fearful of? Um, What's your thinking?
1: Yes, well, This teaching of an eternally burning hell certainly didn't come from the Bible. And so the question is, where did it come from? Well, you know, Pastor Gary, it's really based on this immortal soul teaching that we talked about uh, uh, last week, I think it might have been, Mm. that is that people have got a soul inside of them and at death it'll pop out and uh, and it lives on after the body has died. But um, on that program the other week when we talked about this, the immortal soul concept, we looked at the text in Genesis 2 and verse 7, the Lord God formed man at the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And we pointed out that Man doesn't have a living soul. He is one. We are a living soul. We haven't got one that's caged up inside of us. And uh, we looked at the text in Ezekiel 18, verses 4 and 20, where it says, the soul that sins shall die. And so as we pointed out in that other program, the immortal soul teaching is not, Is not in the Bible But the Egyptians And the Greeks and others They came up with this idea And it was a man By the name of Tertullian Who died in 240 AD That added To the idea of eternal Torment uh, or I should say he added the idea Of eternal torment to the Immortality of the soul teaching Mm -hmm. And of course you can See how it goes together if, uh, if you, if there's something that doesn't die, if you don't really die, well then, and you're, t- you're punished, well you can be punished for all of eternity, you see. It, it's, it's a lot, it's illogical in its, in its, uh, what it says.
2: Mm.
1: Now, his argument was that, um the punishment of the wicked must be eternal. He stressed, a sacred fire that never consumes but renews as it burns, eternally killing but never terminating. Now that's quite a mouthful, isn't it? Wow. But this teaching of Tertullian was further popularized by two other of the church fathers, Jerome and Augustine. Mm -hmm. And then the Church of the Middle Ages promoted this false teaching to try and scare people into attending church and paying more money to the church. Mm. So, Pastor Gary, that's just a very brief answer to where this teaching of the eternal torment came from
0: and of course Don that, that was that
1: was from the Bible right
0: I, I agree with you I, th- I think that's a, that's a vital thing what you've just shared there I think is really really important uh, to me the thing that jumps out at me however is that it's interesting how many of the Protestant reformers did actually react against uh, this particular you know the uh, this particular belief and they started to uh, change things back uh, far closer yeah to what Scripture uh, was uh, was actually uh, was actually presenting, um, That's but true. but Don does does hell does it burn forever?
1: Well, I'd like to draw your attention to a few texts in Malachi chapter four and verse one. It says, "For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven." And all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly shall be, will be stubble. The day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch. And so certainly scripture teaches that there will be punishment for the wicked. And yes, it teaches that they will be, um, destroyed by fire. Now, notice this text says, the day which is coming shall burn them up.
0: Mm, That's significant.
1: When a a thing is burned up, how much is left?
0: Well, fire goes out in the end, doesn't it?
1: Well, that's right. You've got the cold weather over there in Adelaide at the moment. So if you're lucky and you've got a wood fire... And you put a few logs in there and they're burning nicely and you're sitting comfortably in front of them. But what happens when those logs burn up? If you want to keep warm, what have you got to do? <laughs> put some more you logs got on. Put more logs in there, isn't that right? That's it. Once they are burned up, what happens to the fire? It goes out, doesn't it?
0: It does, it does.
1: And so... You know, when you you look at this text and it says it will leave them neither root nor branch, if the root and the branch is all burnt up, how much is left? It's, It's phraseology telling us the thing is completely gone. Isn't that right?
0: In other words, you've got ash left.
1: Yes, yes, and in fact, verse 3 says, you'll trample the wicked for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. Mm. And so there it, it actually talks about the wicked will become ashes. And so, you know, when you look at that, you say, well, that's very plain. That wicked, yes, they'll be destroyed by fire. It's God's strange work. It's not, he says, I have no pleasure in this. But but uh those that refused his gift of salvation, if he was to take them to heaven, well that would be hell for them if they were in a place of purity and holiness and they had no desire for that sort of thing. Mm. And so um, so yes, there will be a punishment of the wicked, but it will be just and fair. Now, Pastor Gary, some people say, Well, um but doesn't the Bible say unquenchable fire? The wicked are burned with unquenchable fire. And in fact, in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 12, there's a text there which uh, which says, uh, he will gather his wheat into the barn but he will burn up the chaff, here referring to the wicked, with Mm -hmm. unquenchable fire. Mm, Sounds hot. I'd say, well, isn't that clear that it keeps on burning forever and ever and ever? Well, I think we should give the Bible the privilege of explaining its words. And when you look at Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 27, It talks about Jerusalem being destroyed by fire and it says, I'll kindle a fire in its gates and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem and it shall not be quenched. And so here it says, Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonian armies and it was, Mm -hmm. historically we know that it was destroyed by the Babylonian armies. It was set on fire. But is Jerusalem still burning? But the Bible says it was burnt with a fire that cannot be quenched, unquenchable fire, in other words.
0: In other, now, words, in other words, what we've got here is a, um, a, a phraseology um, that um, that is... Well known to those in, um, in the ancient Babylonian Empire, well known to the Bible writers, well understood by the Bible writers, but um, is not well understood by us today.
1: Yes, although we use it in our normal language. You might go down the street bus to go and you see a house on fire and it's really blazing and you make the comment, it's unquenchable. Now, what do you mean by that? Do you mean that for the rest of your life, when you pass that house, you expect to see the blazes coming out of it? (laughs) No. (laughs) You mean it's unquenchable in that nobody's going to put it out until it's burned up and then
0: it will go out. Isn't that right? That's true. That's true. That's uh, that's a good explanation.
1: Now, Matthew chapter 18, because some people say, but you know, I, I, doesn't the Bible say the wicked will be burned with everlasting fire? Yes, it does. Uh, Matthew chapter 18 and, and uh, verse 8 here. Jesus said, if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life maimed or uh, um, lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet be cast into the everlasting fire. So folks say, there it is, everlasting fire. And Jesus said it. But again, shouldn't we let the Bible explain its own terms? And when we come over to a little verse in Jude, Jude and verse 7, it helps us to understand this. Now, in Jude, verse 7, I'll read it to you. It says, that Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and going after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, Pastor Gary, here it tells us, that Sodom and Gomorrah suffered the vengeance of eternal fire. You can remember the Old Testament story of how God rained fire and brimstone from heaven on these wicked cities, and and they were destroyed. And so it says, they suffered eternal fire. Mm. Now, I think eternal and everlasting is the same thing, isn't it? I think so. And so... Yeah, so Sodom and Gomorrah suffered the vengeance of eternal fire, but are they still burning? Is the smoke still going up? Do you get your feet hot if you walk among the ashes of Sodom and Gomorrah? No. Those cities have long since gone out, but they didn't go out until they were completely destroyed, until they were burned up. Mm. And so it's uh, the results are eternal, but not the process. It's the eternal punishment, but not eternal punishing. And there's a big difference there. Ah, there now, is. In, in, in Second Peter chapter two and verse six, it, it again comments on Sodom and Gomorrah. It says turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes condemn them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly.
2: Mm.
1: Now, Pastor Gary, what that is saying to me is what how Sodom and Gomorrah were punished, and they were punished with eternal fire, is an example of how all the wicked are going to be punished. Mm. But yet Sodom and Gomorrah's fire went out, and the fire that destroys the wicked will also go out once it has burned them up, as Malachi said. When they're burned up like our piece of wood in the fire, when it's burned up, the fire goes out
0: and john this really says something about the um about the the love and the character of god because it means that yes a time yeah. is going to come when there's going to be a judgment um and yeah. uh, and certainly i mean the parables talk about you know at the end of the age you're going to have a a judgment where you're going to separate the you know the sheep from the goats uh and uh, yes. then at that particular time uh, yes there's going to be judgment uh so that yeah. the wicked are burnt up uh, and uh, yeah. become become ashes. And, uh, uh, you know, according to, to Revelation chapter um, um, 20, 21, 22 there, you know, the world's going to be recreated. You know, we don't have a God here that's going to burn people in perpetuity forever and ever and ever. You know, that to me really says something about the character of God.
1: Absolutely. God is, if God did that, He is a worse monster than what Hitler and Stalin are. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: You know, but the Bible says God is a God of love, and he is. He will punish, but he will punish justly and fairly. And I underscore the fact that God doesn't want to punish anybody. In fact, in, in Matthew chapter 25, it says the hellfire was prepared for the devil and his angels. Yeah. God yeah. doesn't want any human being in there. Jesus has done everything possible to keep us out of the fire.
0: Yeah, no. But if
1: we if we refuse his offer of salvation, well what
0: other option has he got? Exactly, exactly. Don, look, let's come to some uh, uh, some music because I'm conscious our time is starting to run away from us. And uh, when we come back, I'll get you about uh, uh, six or seven minutes just to pull uh, pull it all together for us because I know there's a few more passages there that you'd like to to share with us. But folks, let's uh, please enjoy uh, Jeff Bullock. Oh Lord, your tenderness and such love, and uh, that's the character of the of the living God. Uh, please enjoy. Jeff, uh, Jeff Bullock. Oh,
3: Lord.
0: and uh, he's singing oh Lord uh, your tenderness with such love uh, what a beautiful musician uh, Jeff Bullock uh, has been through the uh, through the years uh, now folks look, please don't forget that uh, giveaway book uh, today uh, this is a real beauty if you want a, a, a a summary of everything Pastor Don's actually been sharing then this is the book that you need. Uh, Judgment at Hell, God May Be Kinder Than You Think it's only a short book. If you've got uh, someone who's asking questions about this subject, folks this may be the book uh, that it's really worth um, sharing with them. So if you'd like to share it with them then please feel free to uh, request this uh, offer and we'll get this book to you and you can share it with uh, uh, with a friend. Um, the subject of hell has scared so many people uh they simply do not understand the character of what the of what the god of heaven is is really like uh judgment and hell a uh, god may be kinder than you think if you'd like this particular book uh then please just text us here at our drive time number oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. 888-808-11 eight, and the code that you need is SA fifty two. No gap between any of those uh, letters, and uh, that'll uh, trigger our uh, robot called Faithful uh, to ask a few questions uh, of you, and uh, we will get this to you in the fastest uh, possible uh, possible manner. Uh, now you are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with uh, Pastor Gary, and today a co host is live from uh, uh, West Oz, Pastor uh, Don Fell. Uh, And Don recently retired as the Aboriginal Western District Regional Leader. And today we're dealing with uh, two questions. Um, Where did the belief of an internally burning hell, where did it come from? And secondly, does hell burn forever? Now, Don, really appreciate everything that you've been uh, been sharing. Now, look, uh, we've got about uh, six or seven minutes um, before we're going to have to uh, pull it all together. Um, have you got a couple of other um, uh, biblical foundations that you might be able to share with us?
1: Yes, we've uh, been talking about this, the concept of a, an eternally burning hell, and some people say, well, it has to be, uh, an eternally burning hell because the Bible says the wicked will be burned with unquenchable fire. But we found out that simply means it's, it, it can't be quenched until it's done its work. Like a house that is well on fire can't mm-hmm. be put out until it's mm-hmm. burned up and then it automatically goes out. Yeah. And we've looked at the word everlasting. The wicked will be burned with everlasting fire. But, uh, the word everlasting and eternal are the same, and it says that Sodom and Gomorrah in G 7 suffered eternal fire. That Sodom and Gomorrah went out too. And so they couldn't be put out though, until it had been burned up and destroyed. Now there's another one we should think of, Pastor Gary, and that is, I'm sure somebody will say, what about Revelation 20 and verse 10? It says, the devil who deceived them, that's the wicked, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Mm. And so then folks say, well, it says forever and ever. Now, again, we need to let the Bible explain its terms. The word forever and ever uh, it, it, how long that lasts depends on what it describes. Now, for example, you look at uh, the story in First Samuel chapter one about Hannah bringing young Samuel along to give him to God to work in the temple, and in verse twenty-two. It says, But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I'll take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. Mm. Now, did she mean that for time immemorial that he would be there? Well, verse 28 says, Therefore, she says, I have also lent him to the Lord, as long as he lives he shall be lent to the Lord. Mm. So forever in this case regarding Samuel was as long as he lives. We have another very interesting one, and that's in the book of Jonah. Uh, You know the story of the man that had the submarine ride? (laughs) And um, he was down in the belly of the the big fish, and he prayed there in Jonah chapter 2. And he said, Uh, something about being in the belly of this thing forever. And I guess a few days felt like forever. Mm. And, um, and that he was only literally there for what three days. And so, um, so forever. And, And we still use, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't make the Bible say, uh Be so strictly Literal when we are not In the way we still use the word Today for example you go to the Shopping centre and you get your Groceries and you come to the Counter and there's a big long line And what do you say oh I'm going to be Here forever <laughs> Now do you mean that you're going to be there For the rest of your days No it's, And the Bible uses the term Exactly the same as We use it It can mean for all of eternity, if it applies to God and to the righteous, but if it applies to mortal beings that can die, well, like in the case of Samuel, it's as long as he lives. And as we saw in the case of Jonah, it can even be a shorter time.
0: So in other words, a figure of speech is what we're talking about here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now Pastor Gary I've just got a few further comments In Revelation 21 verse 4 We have that beautiful text God will wipe away every tear from their eyes There shall be no more death Neither sorrow nor crying There shall be no more pain Here it's talking about the new earth Mm. Now Pastor Gary I have a question If there is an eternally burning hell Somewhere How could this text be true. How could it be said that there's no more pain and no more suffering if indeed there's an eternally burning hell? You see it doesn't add up
0: does it? It doesn't. doesn't. There's
1: something even more important in Daniel 9 and verse 24 it says that Messiah would make an end of sin Jesus would come to make an end of sin Mm. Hebrews 2.14 talks about he would destroy the devil and his works. Mm. Now, if there is an eternally burning hell where people are suffering on and on and on and on, then I would suggest Jesus wasn't successful in his mission of yeah. making an end of sin and making yeah. an end of the devil.
0: Yeah. No. Look, that's so important. That is so fantastic what you've actually said because in that you actually have the gospel. Now, folks, we do need to come together because our uh, our time is uh, is almost up. Um, let's just bow our heads can together. I stand, can I get there? Can I get another text in, Gary? Do you think? No, I'm sorry, Don. I'm sorry. We're going okay. to wait till next week. Next week we will be able to do exactly that. So please come back again uh, next uh, next week. Really look forward to uh, to that next week. Let's just bow our heads together in prayer. Father in heaven, we say thank you uh, for the way in which you lead and guide. Uh, Lord, thank you for being the loving God. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd be with us uh, as uh, as we continue to dig into. Uh, the Word of God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folks. Amen. Well, folks, our time is up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor Don Felberg on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Uh, please join us tomorrow when Pastor Hugh Heenan will be sharing with Pastor Ricardo Schaefer. They're going to be asking, is Satan are in charge? Of hell, you've heard that before today. How do we respond to that uh, particular claim? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.